Hello, beautiful people. How's it going? I ask like you can answer. <laughs> also, in case it wasn't evident, when I say beautiful people, I'm not, I'm not worried about looks. I'm talking about anyone who tuned in here with good intentions, who just wants to have a nice little time listening to me yap my life away. You are a beautiful person to me and I welcome you. Today, we will be going into a story that I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I would be sharing publicly. Uh, but alas, here we are. It is probably one of the, if not the, craziest, juiciest story I have. And I've, I've done a little bit of living. Um, as the title suggests, today I will be telling you how I didn't lose my virginity. Yep, a little twist on the classic old tale. And you might be asking yourself, Pokey, why on earth are you talking about this? <laughs> but I promise you, it's for good, good reason. You'll understand exactly why by the end of the story. Also, if you are my parents and or relatives, tune the fuck out. This one's just not for you, okay? It's just not. The story began so long ago, like when I was still a minor, before my streaming career, before all this stuff. So, don't tell anyone. Let's go. As I said, this story begins when I was still in high school and I started playing games online like my, oh, what do you call it? The first or second year of high school? I always forget what the terms are. And a little while later, I met this guy online. Let's call him Jake. Mind you, do you know how hard it is to think of random names for this story? I always think it'll be easier than it actually is. And then I always worry, oh my God, is there a Jake in my life that's going to hear this and he's going to be so mad that I used his name? I hope not. Mind you, my friends knew Jake. So I knew he wasn't a catfish or whatever. I wasn't like worried for my safety. He was in a way a friend of a friend's, but we met online. And when we kind of became friends and started talking and gaming together, things got flirty real quick. He seemed to just be that kind of guy, to be honest. Very blunt, very straightforward, sometimes kind of raunchy, especially back in the day. Like, if you were on the internet back in the day, you know, we were real edgy back then. Sometimes even unintentionally, that's just kind of how it was. So you can only imagine. Um, also, I think Jake was really used to girls being into him and frankly, kind of doing whatever he wanted. You know, the type of guy who air quotes just doesn't care. He's going to give it to you straight. A little bit of like a toxic bad boy type. <laughs> but when those guys show a little bit of their sweet and soft side to you, oof, it's dangerous. It's bad because it makes you feel so flattered. Like, oh my God, I'm special enough to see this side of you when you treat everybody a little bit worse or not too great, but you show me who you truly are. You know, you feel like you're the only one who can really understand them. But in reality, that toxicity will always seep through. Do not think that, you know, you're just the one person who's immune to it. In reality, the way that someone generally treats others, in some way or other, is still reflective of who they are. Just because they treat you a little bit differently doesn't really mean much. Jake was also older than me. And when you're young, a guy being older than you is just so cool, isn't it? So obviously that was a very attractive feature in my eyes. And for a very long time, I had kind of a bad habit of assuming that anyone older than me is just obviously wiser, better, smarter, needs to be respected. I can just trust them. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate because we're kind of just taught to respect your elders, look up to them, learn from the older and wiser, right? 
But to be honest, that's something I have really, really had to deprogram throughout my 20s. Because let me tell you right now, that is a load of bull. Of course, you can respect your elders, and that's not a bad thing to do. But there are plenty of adults that are immature or rude or might have really bad intentions with you. And just because they're older than you doesn't mean you need to inherently trust everything they do or say. Anyways, Jake and I start talking every day, gaming together, texting at all hours. One time we were texting and I screenshotted something that he said because I wanted to send it to my friend. And I accidentally sent it to him. I sent him a screenshot of what he just said to me. (laughs) And he was like, uh, yeah, like that's what I just said. What do you mean? And I had to make up some like dumb excuse. I don't even remember what it was. I I was like, oh, it just uh, looked funny on my screen. I don't freaking know. Oh my God. I think I blocked it out out of like a freaking defense mechanism out of pure secondhand cringe and embarrassment. Anyways, 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 yes, a lot of joking and flirting and like potentially being interested in each other, whatever. And obviously he was not the kind of guy who was like very easily or quickly vulnerable. Flirting, sure, but being like genuinely vulnerable, affectionate, loving, not so easy to get out of him. As I kind of alluded to, he was a bit more of the player type and... That's frankly why him being interested in me or showing me attention kind of felt that much better, especially when it leaned a little bit more romantic. It was just a type of flattery that I had not gotten in my life up until that point. In hindsight, I realized that a lot of the validation that I got from being liked by him was really just coming from a place of insecurity and infatuation, as opposed to actually being excited because I liked who he was and how compatible we were together. A lot of it was just like, wow, he likes me back. Our conversations just felt so intoxicating and I frankly didn't really know any better. And if you know, you know, young love is truly unlike anything else. I swear the first time you like really, really fall in love, you're thinking about them. They're the first thing you think of when you wake up, the last thing you think about when you go to bed. Every message you get from them is just like the strongest hit of dopamine like injected into my veins. (laughs) And you feel like, wow, I might have finally found the person that's right for me, like my destiny in a way. And I also think there is just such a deep, deep sense of validation to even be potentially loved. And it was just something that I so desperately wanted at the time to feel like I was good enough because someone that I loved could love me back. But in reality, none of those things have anything to do with whether or not that person is good for you or compatible for you. But that's, that's a lesson you got to learn, right? Regardless of all these lovely feelings and things, there was still one big problem standing between me and Jake. Or is it Jake and I? It's probably Jake and I. Anyways, that problem was distance. And we both knew it. That is, until one day, he was able to visit my city while my parents were out of town. (laughs) Like, it was insane luck. Or misfortune, as I might come to find out far, far down the line. (laughs) Anyways, the first time we meet, he happens to be in town. I am beyond nervous and excited. I have butterflies all up in my tummy wummy before meeting him. And I sneak him into my house while my parents are gone. Mama, Baba, again, if you're listening, get out. <laughs> Anyways, we meet up. I sneak him in. It goes 
great kind of how it goes when you're infatuated with someone, right? Like he was surprisingly sweet and funny in person. Like I think sometimes people can come off a lot more intimidating online. And of course, upon seeing him, I thought he was cute. He thought I was cute, which again, like I just I had not had much experience up until then. And so at that age, even someone thinking you're cute or reciprocating freaking anything, you're like, wow, I guess we need to get married now. <laughs> Newsflash, that's not how the frick it works. Anyways, for that first time we met, we had a magical little time together, had good food, watched some shows, talked, laughed, cuddled, whatever, as it usually goes. And that little honeymoon stage, oof. It's always so special and delicate. And just being able to know that someone potentially feels the same way about you as you feel about them, there's just really not much in the world quite like it. Am I right? And since my parents were out of town, he actually did wind up sleeping over, but he knew I was a virgin and he wasn't weird or pushy or anything. And I appreciated that so much. So it was a great first time meeting each other. As I mentioned before, Jake was always kind of the type to make like raunchy or sexual jokes. And frankly, I was not only really young and didn't know any better, but I also grew up online. And I thought, oh, like, I guess that's just what guys do when they're into you. No, girl, it's not. I mean, yes, of course, people can joke, little innuendos here and there, right? But someone sexually objectifying you as a joke or making you uncomfortable again under the guise of it being a joke, that's not okay. It's just not. And it should not be an expectation that you have of someone who supposedly cares for you, right? I actually remember this one instance in particular, and it kind of goes to show how much it impacted me, um, the fact that I remember it, so many years later, <sighs> we were texting and I was in class and he had made a joke that I didn't really like and I made it apparent to him that I didn't like this joke. And his rebuttal was, and I quote, I remember exactly what he said verbatim to this day. He said, I hope you can take dick better than you can take a joke. And if someone said that to me now, they would never hear from me ever again. I would tell them they can take their dick and shove it right up there wherever they want to put it. But at the time, I was so scared of, you know, seeming even more lame or prude because, you know, I was already bothered by what he said before. If I just get bothered again, he might be even more put off. So I kept my mouth shut. Anyways, back to, you know, when we first met in the sleepover and it was all giddy and great, right? Haha, <laughs> good times, good times. Let's stay with the good times. <laughs> weeks and weeks go by and by the second time that we meet, we get to spend a lot more time together because at that point I had finally moved out. I was going to university in a different city and so it felt, you know, like I was finally getting to be an adult to some extent. And I remember being so nervous when we met up that second time, because I don't know, I was like, what if he thinks I'm ugly now? I don't know. <laughs> but as soon as we meet up, he compliments me. I'm all giddy. He's all giddy. And it's another great time together. And by the end of it, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And this came as a great big shock to me because I did not think he would be open to doing long distance, especially again, as someone who has so many options, why would you wanna do long distance with me? But again, that was only more flattering. So I said, yes. <laughs> Anyways, we dated for a handful of months and throughout that time, he started pressuring me to go further and further sexually, further than I was comfortable doing. Um, this was especially difficult for me because seeing as we were long distance, I didn't have much experience. 
it is really hard for someone who's inexperienced to gain any level of like trust and intimacy with someone that they don't even get to see physically very often. And over time, he frankly developed like a weird fixation on my virginity. Like he was determined to take it. And every time I would say like, oh no, or like, I'm just not ready. That was such an intense hit to his pride and his ego. And of course, I would vehemently explain like, no, no, it's not you. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. I just, I don't feel ready. But he just wouldn't really accept that as an answer. This issue, I guess I'll call it, not that someone not being ready is an issue, but it was an issue for him. You know what I mean? So this issue resulted in some of the absolute weirdest experiences of my whole life. Like there were times where we might be finally hanging out in person and he'd be pushing me to have sex with him. And when I say no, I kid you not, he would throw a temper tantrum. And he was older than me. So I'm watching a grown man before my very eyes throw a temper tantrum, screaming, crying, hitting things, throwing things just because I'm not ready to sleep with him. Like, have you ever been in a moment that feels so odd that it's like you disassociate from this plane of existence and you start feeling like you're an audience member watching a scene unfold? That is exactly how I felt. I would not even know how to react, so I didn't really react. I would just try to appease him like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, it's not like that. And try to calm him down. I don't know. And then sometimes, even in the middle of these fits, he would pull a 180 and start being very loving and sweet and kind. And it was so confusing. Just a real trip for your psyche. You know what I mean? And I think his brain was just trying to do as many different things to try to get me to say yes. Like, oh, being mad isn't working, let me be nice. Being nice isn't working, let me scream. Screaming isn't working, maybe I'll be more distant. Just such an odd experience. And you guys might be thinking, well, why the heck would you stay with someone like that? Or how could you even continue to have feelings for them? And the answer is really quite simple. <laughs> He made me think that I was the problem. The problem was my hesitation in sleeping with him. The problem was my uncertainty. And I believed him. And I was even frustrated with myself for feeling the way that I did. I just kept thinking to myself, oh, like, why can't you be like all the other girls he slept with? Why do you feel this way? And So I approached my feelings as something to be solved. I would try all these different things to change the way that I felt. Like I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm just scared of being pregnant. So I went on birth control. That didn't do shit. I mean, it did some things, but it did not change how I felt in terms of sleeping with him. <laughs> I was almost trying to trick myself to feel differently. I think the real issue was that for me, Even though all of these things were maybe making me feel insecure or sad or uncertain or whatever, there was one thing that I knew for sure. And that was that I had so many girlfriends who told me stories of them losing their virginities. And those stories always revolved around feeling pressured, feeling uncomfortable, and ultimately regretting it. And I was certain I did not want that to happen to me. But I genuinely loved this guy so much. Even in his worst moments, I wanted to set all of that stuff aside and really see the good in him because I knew that there was good in him. I knew that he showed me those sides of himself. But the relationship only worsened. And let me give you some fun examples as to how. <laughs> One day... He was so upset with me 
that he told me the reason that I wasn't ready to have sex with him is because, quote-unquote, my terrorist religion brainwashed me. Huh? And if you guys don't know, I'm Middle Eastern, and if you listen to episode one, you know I never really spoke about faith or religion or any of that publicly, let alone privately. Like, I was so young back then, it was not really something I talked about, especially not with Jake, who didn't really come off as someone who was interested in hearing about that kind of stuff. So this genuinely came out of nowhere, except for, I guess, a very islamophobic part of his heart i don't know not just that but does he not realize that basically every single religion advises against premarital sex like even christianity this does not have much to do with culture like just what a freaking cuckoo bean thing to say genuinely and even after this i was not convinced that he was a shit person Like when you're in a situation like that and someone has these outbursts, you're just like, oh, that's not the real them. That's just a very small part of them. Like I see the real them, the real lovely person that they are. Girl, no, the bad is them too. Maybe a little bit of the good is also them, but the bad, oh, that's really them too. (laughs) And you know what in hindsight truly brainwashed me? The toxic relationship, young love, infatuation, the societal and media-imposed pressure to be sexually active, to lose your virginity, as well as the pressure that's put on the validation that you're meant to find through a relationship, through another human being, through someone else accepting and loving you. That's what brainwashed me. And the uncertainty that I won't be able to find someone else who will love me or who could treat me better even while being treated like shit. Anyways, I have a little follow-up about this part at the end. You'll see. (laughs) Speaking of worrying that I couldn't find someone better, that was another tactic he would use. He told me many times that I'd never find someone else or someone better or another relationship like this and that he was the best that I could ever possibly get and so I might as well lose my virginity to him. And that is already an insecurity that everybody has in a relationship. And so to actually say that to your partner is, in my opinion, just evil. Like, it's psychologically traumatizing. And this went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, That is, until it was his birthday. And I planned to go see him right? I was like, let me do a little trip as a birthday gift. It'll be fun, yada, yada. Pack my bags, head out, go to see him. But this time, when I get to his city and meet up with him, it's just not like how it was before. No smiling, no blushing, no compliments. He didn't seem very excited to see me. And I just thought to myself like, oh, that's weird. Maybe he's just not in a good mood today. So I ask him about work, ask him about his day, ask him about what's new, whatever. But it doesn't really change much. We finally get to his place and I sit down on his bed. I look at him and I go, you can be honest with me, like what's going on? It seems like something's off, like what's up? He looks at me and he says, by the end of this trip, you need to lose your virginity to me. Otherwise, I'm going to break up with you. I look at him and I'm like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Like, there's a little voice in the back of my mind that's just like, is this you like setting up a birthday gift for yourself? I'm confused. Um, but when someone puts an ultimatum like that in front of you, like you can't refute it. There's not much you can say. Like that's a decision that they made and you kind of just have to deal with it. So the days we spent together were honestly just really shallow. Like it didn't matter how much fun we were having or what we were doing or how nice the weather was or how good the food was. There was always kind of just like this gray cloud of uncertainty looming over us. 
And the mood was always just an underlying level of weird. And I think for me, you know, I was trying so hard to keep some level of optimism and make sure he's having a good time. And I think for him, his feelings were more so coming from a place of dissatisfaction and impatience with me. And God damn, just like what a way to ruin the mood, right? But um, <laughs> no, but seriously, let me tell you one thing. If someone doesn't like to be pressured like me, then I really wouldn't suggest an ultimatum to loosen him up. Like that's really unlikely to go well. And I just think that was one of the most difficult and uncertain periods of my life. I didn't know what I would decide. I'd never faced a question or problem like that. I wasn't sure if I would rather regret losing the relationship or regret losing my virginity when I didn't feel ready. Or I, I didn't know if I would ever love someone that much ever again, to be honest. And it felt like the only thing that I knew for certain was that this was not how I wanted my first time to be. And that in a way, saying yes to him would have been betraying myself. And the circumstances at the time, they were just not one where there was any possibility of me enjoying myself. So my trip ended, I told him no, and I went home, hymen intact. <laughs> okay, actually, I don't know if my hymen was intact because I think your hymen can break for a lot of different reasons, but I was still a virgin, a single one at that too. <sighs> and I cried all the way home. We were messaging back and forth and he kept making it sound like something he was forced to do, like he had no choice. And of course, I just felt terrible about myself. Like, oh my God, I caused us to break up. Bro, was I okay in the head? Jesus Christ. Anyways, you think we stopped talking after we broke up? Of course we didn't. <laughs> I, like, I'm like halfway through the story. We're not even close. We kept talking for weeks, maybe months, and it only got more toxic. Like he started sleeping with other girls and then he would come home tell me about it, and then tell me about how much he wishes that it was me. And when it came to me and other guys, even though I was technically single, he got so possessive and jealous if he even saw me in a photo with another guy. He would call me a whore. Like the smallest thing would just set him off. And I mean, that's just insane. Like we're not even... I'm not even dating these guys and that's enough to warrant calling me a whore. This kind of like weaponized name calling is I think one of the worst things you can put someone through because the goal is really just to be able to control their behavior by making them so scared of being labeled as a whore or a slut or a coward or whatever term you throw their way. So it's really just a way to control them and try to scare them into behaving the way that you want them to behave. And I feel like it's just so exhausting and manipulative. And if someone really cares about you, even if they're deeply hurt or insecure or whatever, they should be able to communicate that properly without resorting to name calling. And even that wasn't enough to make me lose feelings entirely. Amazing, isn't it? And when my quote-unquote behavior upset him too much, or I did even the smallest thing that he felt was wrong, he would block me on everything. And that might sound weird, but if you've ever been in a long-distance relationship where you can't interact or see someone physically, like you can't just like go knock on their door, you know what I mean? When you're in that situation and someone blocks you on everything, it's almost like in a way, like mentally, they die. Like they disappear. They're no longer there. You can't talk to them. You can't get closure. You can't contact 
your favorite person, someone who means so much to you. And then out of nowhere, he would unblock again on everything. And this would lead to a really toxic cycle where I was just like always on edge. Like, oh, did he unblock me yet? Is he going to block me now? Checking, 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 checking all the time. And frankly, I feel like because the relationship was so toxic, it was more addictive. And therefore, harder to leave. Have you guys ever heard of the term random intermittent reward? It is the most addictive reward schedule. Basically, when you get a reward in some way like, you know, a cookie or a kiss or positive words or a gold star, whatever it is, you get a little surge of dopamine and you feel so good, right? Well, studies show that the most effective way to keep someone repeating a behavior is not to reward them every time they do the behavior, but to reward them randomly. And I swear, this is why toxic relationships are so addictive, because you don't know when they're going to treat you well. You don't know when they're going to be upset. You don't know when you're going to get that surge of dopamine or not. And this is also the same kind of reward schedule that a casino uses. If you're at a slot machine, you might win on your third spin or your 20th or your 70th or your 200th. There is no consistent reward. It's random and therefore it makes you want to keep playing. And so in this relationship, I kept playing. How did things ultimately end between good old Jake and I, you ask? Well, this is truly an ending you'll never guess. <laughs> the issues we had persisted, um, as did my self-hatred, of course, until one day we were talking a lot about our relationship and kind of warming up to each other more and focusing on just each other and a little more exclusive in that regard. And we decided to give it one last and final shot, okay? And to start seeing each other again, I was able to set aside a good chunk of time and go visit him. And I decided this was going to be it. The distance was our main problem, right? So let me take this out of the equation for a little bit, spend some like good quality long time together. And to me, this was meant to be like the ultimate test. However, when I made this trip out and booked my ticket, when I arrived, came to find out that he was away for a work trip. So I ended up staying at his place for a few days alone. He also told me when I arrived that one of the bathrooms wasn't working, so I had to keep using the guest bathroom. And that's a very important detail to remember later on, okay? Three things happened during this trip. One, he was not being very attentive. He would message me sporadically. He was behaving really weirdly. I had a sense he was like going out late and drinking with his friends or coworkers or whatever, maybe going to clubs. I wasn't really sure and he didn't ever care to update me. Um, it just didn't feel like he was being honest with me at all. Two, I wound up talking to a mutual friend of ours. Let's call her Samantha. So Samantha knew him before she knew me, and they were kind of closer friends than Samantha and I, but she and I were still pretty friendly, and we were chatting one day, and she tells me, by the way, I just wanted to apologize for what happened between Jake and I. I was rebounding, and it didn't really mean much. And before I explain all of that, let me preface a little bit, okay? So when Jake and I, way, way, way before we got together, we were still just talking, he told me that Samantha confessed her feelings to him and that he told Samantha that he liked me. And this was before we were official. So I thought that was like so flattering and cute. You know, it was like, oh, like you like me enough to tell another girl that you like me when you're rejecting her. You know, I was like, oh my God, that's so nice. Thank you, right? Like, it felt like a little profession of love. 
And obviously he and I were both kind of giddy about it and reaffirming our feelings and such. So she was referring to that, right? And apologizing for even confessing to him. And I told her like, it's no big deal. I didn't hold it against her or think much of it. You know, she didn't know. It's all good. She then proceeds to say, thank God, because it didn't really mean that much to me either. And like, all we did was kiss. So it really wasn't that big of a deal. I said, huh? He never told me about any kiss. And she seemed very caught off guard, as was I, clearly. She explains to me that she did initially confess her feelings. He told her, sorry, you know, this is who I like. And then apparently they met up later that night. God knows exactly what was said or what happened, but they continued talking started kissing, and she told me that it was going to go further, but that she stopped things and said, wait, like, you know, don't you like Iman? Like, don't you guys have a thing? (gasps) Whoa. I don't know, girl, what the fuck? I don't even want to think about it, because it's like, you also kissed him after you knew that he liked me and I liked him, but... She apologized, so I kind of just let it go. (laughs) And regardless, my main priority at that time was obviously to confront him. Because clearly, there was a lot that he was omitting. So I go back to his place, message him, confront him, and guess what he says? I remember verbatim. He said, what the fuck does it matter? It happened so long ago. As if how long ago something happens impacts how important it is to someone who just fucking found out. Like, oh yeah, I did cheat on you and I didn't tell you two years ago, but that was two years ago, so it expired. Huh? And I'm not even saying this to like say for sure, like this is cheating because we weren't technically together. There's all these technicalities, right? At the end of the day, I didn't give a feck about the technicalities. He was very dishonest with me. That's the issue. What we label it as, doesn't even matter. At the end of the day, you're omitting things and you're being dishonest. The third and last thing that happened during this trip, and you guys truly will not believe this. (laughs) So while I was staying at his place, waiting for him to come back from his business trip, and he told me specifically not to use that one bathroom, I remembered like, oh wait, I left some of my hair stuff in that bathroom. So I go to the bathroom to grab it. I'm looking through all the drawers and I whip open a drawer and I find a bunch of sex toys. Maybe not the ones you would expect. Then again, it was all of the sex toys. I'm even talking, um dildos and anal lube and obviously things we had never used together and (laughs) not just that but things he had never mentioned to me ever and he again is not a shy person he's a pretty raunchy person so for him to never mention even having these things is odd and of course I know He was with other people. Maybe these are things he utilized. But again, this being something that he never told me about explicitly. Also, the the dildo and the anal loom. What are those for? Nothing you've ever told me about, I'll tell you that much. Anyways, my jaw dropped. My naive, young virgin being jaw dropped (laughs) and I was so confused so obviously I immediately messaged him to talk about it and I'm like hey yo what's all this in the bathroom that you told me not to go into and he said well he started making up the most random shit I swear and he said well since you said you weren't ready 
you know, I bought like a flashlight and stuff. But all those things you saw in the drawer, oh, those just came for free, you know? They were like free add-ons when I bought the flashlight, which he also never told me about, by the way. He's like, I didn't actually mean to purchase them, which I know is the biggest fucking cap in the world. But I had no way of proving that. I had no choice, no rebuttal. There's just, you can't really refute something like that. So I just accepted it. That is until a couple days later and he's finally coming back from his business trip in like a day or two and I decided to clean his entire apartment because I wanted him to come back and be surprised and be happy, come back to a clean, pretty place. Like, isn't that so nice, right? So I'm cleaning the rooms. I'm taking out the trash. I'm breaking down boxes to go and recycle them. When I find, and I swear to God, this was a sign from God. Like, I think God was looking down on me like, you dumb bitch, like, leave. What are you doing? <laughs> I found the original box that all these sex toys came in <laughs> with the original receipt, clearly showing that these were not free add-ons, that he intentionally purchased every single one of those items. So guess what, bitch? Yeah, my, co- my confrontational ass messages him right away. Confrontation number three or four. I don't even remember. I lost track. I take a photo of the receipt. I send it to him. Guess what he says? He says, yeah, no, actually they sent it to the wrong address the first time. And so when they sent it to the right address, it shows that I bought everything, but those initially came for free. I was like, how dumb do you think I am? To be fair, I was being really dumb. <laughs> but also, like, it is so shocking how someone, when they lie, even if they're caught red-handed, they will just continue to lie. It's just like, do you have no shame? And like, do you have multiple storage units where you store your audacity? Because where the fuck did you get all this audacity from? It blows my mind. And I told him, I'm done. Yep. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, I guess it wasn't a straw. It was a dildo. (laughs) That was the dildo that broke the camel's back. (laughs) And when I told him that I was leaving, I was like, I'm done. Even before he comes back from his business trip, I was like, it's over, it's done. And you know what he says? He goes, okay, then leave. Fucking leave. I said, oh. Okay, then watch me. And out the fucking door I went, packed all my shit and dipped within 12 hours. And as soon as he was back home, he was already texting me, begging for me back. And it went on like this for days and days and days with some sporadic moments where instead of being sad and begging for me back, he would be insulting me and calling me a whore, thinking that that might bring me back instead. Um, But also just, please come back like we're meant to be. You know, I want to have a good story to tell our great-grandchildren. Bitch, shut the fuck up. (laughs) It was pure insanity. And I was so desensitized to it at that point that I didn't even really care. I didn't. I was like, be nice, be mean, cry, scream, shit, puke, piss. I don't care what you do anymore. It meant nothing. To me at that point. We did decide to have one huge final conversation for closure. And he was still trying to get me back. You know, he was saying like, I can't eat or sleep without you. And hey, I get it. You know, breakups are hard. That's normal. You know, you can't eat, you can't sleep, you feel sick. You'll get over it. You'll be okay, champ. Don't you fret. And during this closure talk, He finally came clean to me and told me that the dildo and anal lube were for himself all along. 
<laughs> okay, this is surely like the most insane story I've ever told and likely ever will. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I do want to get into why I wanted to share this in the first place. And frankly, it's because growing up, I never once heard a story like this. All the weird details aside, I never heard my friends telling me that they were pressured by someone and felt terrible and said no, and it was one of the best decisions that they've ever made in their life. And I want to tell you guys, sitting here today, I am so, so certain that that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my whole life. I don't even know if I would be sat here today if it wasn't for it. To anyone who's ever in a situation like this, there's a saying that I really like that is almost like a mantra that I picked up from this life experience. And it's that you should never have to set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. And I felt like so many of the things he was asking for me felt like I would have to betray myself in order to make him feel better. And you just shouldn't ever be forced in a relationship to do things that you don't want to do or aren't ready for. And I think it's really important that we treat human beings with a bit more sensitivity when it comes to these things because they can lead to real, real, like deep-rooted trauma, feelings of insecurity, and maybe even like lifelong issues. I also really want to say shout out to the girlfriends I had who shared their intimate experiences, their regrets, their difficult moments, because it was really, really helpful information for me. And it helped me know that even sometimes when you say yes, when you don't really want to, it rarely results in a good memory. And we put such a pressure on ourselves in moments like that. And there just isn't a perfect answer. There isn't a right answer. So I really, really just want to implore you guys to be kind to yourselves, no matter what you choose. And just know that you can move forward however you want, regardless of the decisions you've made in the past. And if you've ever been in a situation like that, um, I'm just sorry you had to go through that. It's not your fault. You deserve a partner that treats your every feeling and whim with respect and care. Someone who wouldn't even want to be intimate with you unless they were really sure that that was something you wanted. And throughout this whole experience at the time, I kept thinking like, no one ever tells you when to break up with someone. We're always kind of just told like, relationships take a lot of work, you know, you need to fight for your relationship, you need to be loyal, you need to work hard and stay strong and figure things out. Well, sometimes, bitch, you gotta go. <laughs> like, no one really tells you when to leave aside from cheating. They're like, yeah, if you get cheated on, you should leave. But there are so many instances aside from cheating when you should still get the fuck up out of a relationship but I was so young, I didn't know. And frankly, sometimes you kind of just got to learn. And at that age, like, I just didn't know if I'd ever love someone as much as I loved him. Spoiler alert, you will. Or if someone would ever come along and treat me better. Spoiler alert, they will. <laughs> and it's a bit of a cherry on top that as I went my own way, found my own path, built a life for myself, he only wanted me more genuinely. <laughs> but luckily, I kept this relationship in the past, and I just knew it wasn't something worth revisiting. And as weird as it may sound, in a lot of ways, I am grateful to him. I'm grateful to the experience that we shared, because it shaped me and my expectations and my desires a lot. It made it really, really clear to me what I do not want in a relationship, what I'm not okay with. And to be honest with you guys, okay, this might be a hot take, but I think most people kind of have to go through at least one toxic situationship, okay? You kind of learn a lot from it, I won't lie. <laughs> it makes you appreciate the good and the good guys. 
Also, small update, but two years ago, which is so many years after all of this happened, Jake messaged me seemingly out of nowhere. And he specifically apologized for the terrorist comment that he made all those years ago. I was like, damn, bro, like just five, six, seven, eight years later, you just randomly, you know? (laughs) And I don't know, I'm not going to lie. His comment was really out of pocket, so I'm glad he apologized. And I hope that that was something he came to just on his own, maybe. Um, It was really shocking to receive an apology so many years later. But still, at that time when I received it, I did find it really, really validating. Frankly, so validating that it made me cry. Like, you know, I I wasn't holding on to that experience, but when someone kind of treats you like shit, and then years later, they can finally admit like, yeah, I treated you like shit. In a way, it kind of allows you to let go of that and it gives you a certain level of certainty that you weren't crazy for feeling the way that you felt or for making the decisions that you did. I am by no means defending how he treated me. No one should tolerate that kind of treatment. I have no clue what kind of person he is today. And frankly, I don't care to know. (laughs) But it might be a nice update, so I figured I'd share with you guys. Anyways, that's it for podcast episode three, how I didn't lose my virginity. (laughs) Please take care of yourselves, treat each other with compassion, don't betray yourself for the sake of others, and know that there is always love out there waiting for you, no matter your age or what you've gone through in the past. Thank you guys so much. Since again, I'm just getting used to podcasting, sometimes it's hard to like uh, write out a story and script and know how much to like keep in mind the things that you want to say and speak to the camera, how much to just go off the cuff. But ultimately it's all good because this is gonna be a learning process for me and I'm having fun so far. (laughs) And I hope you guys are too. Much love, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.